All right, joining us now, uh, kind enough to give a, kind enough to give us a few minutes is uh, David Locke, voice of the Utah Jazz, uh, joining us here on the Saturday Show. David, how are you? I'm far more likely to have minutes for you than any other tandem on that staff. Oh, yeah, <laughs> we appreciate that. Yes, uh, we do appreciate. David I and I spend I a lot of nights. I figure I shouldn't. In, I shouldn't insult one staff member. I should insult everyone. All. <laughs> Every single other show I possibly could find all at the same time. Just broad brush them all, yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, we appreciate your time. What were your uh, initial thoughts with this uh, Clippers deal, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George heading to L.A.? Well, obviously the Paul George part of the deal is the part that changes, you know, everyone's perspective on it because now you have two bona fide stars um, together, and that's been the question the whole time of like, well, you know, I I felt the whole time that Kawhi – had been really honest with everyone. He wanted to go to L.A., and he mm-hmm. had shared that. And then the question was, well, but it, neither situation was very good. So he, what he figured out is a way to make one of the situations really good, and the Clippers are the favorite in the Western Conference at this point. So it's mammoth, um, landscape changing. It's incredible the Clippers have pulled this off. Steve Ballmer takes over a franchise that is in worse shape than any franchise probably in the history of the NBA, uh, considering the fact their owner had been taken away from them mm-hmm. and players were considering boycotting games and – uh, they turn it into now, well, you know, it'll be interesting to see what is the premier franchise in Southern California. Were you, when when the rumors were coming out, I, we had heard for a long time that the Clippers were the favorite. All of a sudden it felt like there was a, a switch flipped where, okay, it's either he's going back to Toronto or he's going to the Lakers. It seemed like the Clippers are taking a back seat here. Do you feel like it was almost like a smoke screen put out there to cover what he was trying to do with this maneuver to get Paul George to L.A. with him? Oh, Great question. I think we lost him. That's okay. That was a really good question. He just had to hang up. He's yeah, done. he was done. He had that much time. No, just kidding. Uh, we'll get him on the line real quick here. Uh, I think you might be right, though. It might have been a smoke Because we heard for so long that he's going to the he's going to the Clippers, the Clippers, the Clippers, the Clippers. All of a sudden, a week before this is all supposed to go down, it's either he's going back to Toronto or he's going to the Lakers. I really feel like there was part of it. it was really kind of something got set out there that really pushed this under the radar. I also saw a lot on Twitter, and I don't know how much of this is true or not, uh-huh. but Kawhi was testing who was going to leak what. Well, there was people saying that. There were a bunch of people that were quote-unquote calling themselves insiders that were putting out reports out there that, well, the Toronto's leaking like a sieve, and the Lakers have kept it quiet. Well, guess who really kept it quiet? Oklahoma City, apparently. Yeah. 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 Like, One guy in particular had a rough go on Twitter. But, yeah, the, uh, yes. the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder – I, I was so shocked when I saw the name Paul George mm-hmm. coming out of this thing. Yeah. Well, and we had heard for a long time that Paul George wanted to go home to L.A. He's a guy who's from down there, and mm-hmm. Palmdale to be exact. But it, it it is stunning. And you heard David Locke say, he said it's just a power shift. It has made the, the Clippers the favorite. Uh, David Locke rejoins us here. David, so I don't know if you heard my question there, but we heard for so long that the Clippers were the favorite for for Kawhi if he were going to go to L.A., and then all of a sudden it felt like just about a week or two ago they really, according to reports, fell back in this race. It was either he was going back to Toronto or he was going to the Lakers. Do you feel like it was a smokescreen set out there to, to cover what he was trying to pull with Paul George going to L.A. with him? I don't have any idea what's going on with all the reporting because I don't know who knew anything and I don't think anyone knew anything, and the people that – you know, are usually in the know. Um, 
I, I'm just going to go with I don't I don't have an answer to the question because I think it's being answered on a false pretense that any of those reports were accurate, which I don't know. Okay. Oh, that's that's hey. fair. Yeah. Uh, when you look at the Clippers, um, to me, they these two stars not only bring a lot offensively but defensively, and with the guys like um, uh, who's their point guard now? Of course, it's Patrick Beverly. Patrick Beverly and uh, their new center and Zubac gets an extension. How defensively powerful can this Clippers team be? I mean, I think they're awesome defensively because if you think about if they get Houston in the playoff series, they're sending Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and Patrick Beverly at James Harden at different points in time in a game. That's, you know, and frankly for Donovan Mitchell, that's the, you know, they're going to send Paul George to Donovan Mitchell, Mike, Patrick Beverly at Mike Conley, and send Kawhi Leonard at, at Bojan Bogdanovic if those reports are true. <laughs> and the, um, and so then, I mean, that's, you know, they have an edge in every single one of those from the defensive standpoint. So, you know, they're really great defensively, and Montrez Harrell plays awfully hard, and Lou Williams brings what he does, which is not elite-level defense, um, but brings his element of things. So, I mean, that team is loaded, and they've got great depth. And, yeah, I think, you know, the Jazz are probably not the elite Western Conference defensive team anymore because of the perimeter defense that those three guys bring to the table. You mentioned it there. The Jazz probably are not the premier defensive team with the moves being made by these other teams reportedly, where do you where do you value Rudy Gobert just alone with this defense? Does he make the Jazz in your mind top five, top ten, just alone when he's on the court? Where do you slate the Jazz? Well, I think we're going to find out this year. I mean, if Rudy Gobert wins Defensive Player of the Year for the third straight year, the Jazz are going to be awfully great because if that would mean we're an elite level defensive team again, and he's doing it this time without the help of Derek Favors and. It would probably mean that Ed Davis had a pretty solid year because last year the defense was really good when Favors was on the floor without Gobert. Um, but this is going to test Rudy. He does not have a lot of size around him. He doesn't have a lot of other rebounders. He, um, Though that's a little misleading. I mean, he doesn't have Derek Favors to help him rebound, but Jake Crowder is a bad rebounder. Um, and so, you know, frankly, um, Bogdanovich is probably as good a rebounder as Jay Crowder. Um, I'm not sure I think that that's, you know, I think Jay Jay physical and all this, but if you look at the numbers, his rebounding's pretty terrible. Uh, so I'm not sure. I think that's a big loss, but that's it's a big test for Rudy defensively. Here's what I do think is interesting: the way this is all played out. You know, there was all this talk about Rudy being played off the floor and all of those things. I think in a lot of ways, Rudy has become more uh, a better, more important defensive player. Um, if the you know, if again Anthony Davis for whatever reason is unwilling to play center and the Lakers just signed. DeMarcus Cousins, I think Rudy becomes more important. For the Clippers, if they left, they're going to go small and play Kawhi Leonard as a five. If they're playing Montrezl Harrell as a five, Rudy negates a lot of what Montrezl Harrell does and can stay near the rim. Denver, Rudy Gobert has caused Jokic huge problems, and taking him out of his game in a way that nobody else has across the league. Um, you know, Harden causes Rudy a lot of problems, but the Jazz defense was pretty good when they, in the games three, four, and five in that series, and we'll see whether how they. Play. When they play P.J. Tucker at the five, that presses Rudy a little bit. There's no question. Um, but I think Rudy actually became more valuable with a lot of these moves. You know, the Al Horfords and the Brooke Lopez's and the stretch fives are the one that really caused Carl Anthony Towns, caused Rudy a lot of problems. Those guys don't seem to be on the elite teams of the Western Conference right now. That's interesting. Uh, some of the fallout from this trade, David, is now it appears Russell Westbrook and the Thunder are going to explore a trade before the season. Uh, what's the market for a guy uh, like Russell Westbrook right now? I can't really imagine what it is. Uh, 
I talked to Ben Golliver today in the Washington Post. that has got a Locked on NBA podcast coming out on Sunday uh, with him. And I think the, I, you know, he talked about the Knicks and the Wizards. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're really just trying to find the worst franchise imaginable that just needs a bounce that will take that gosh-awful contract and take him for $45 million at the end of his deal when he's no longer really a very good basketball player. Um, the one team I think is interesting is Orlando. Uh, Vukovic and Gordon and uh, re-signed um, Terrence Ross, yeah. and they're kind of stuck as who they are. And so they're a little interesting to me that they could probably put a package together uh, with Aaron Gordon and bring in Russell Westbrook and be more relevant than they are. I don't know that they'd be that much better. They would be more relevant. Um, so that's one package I think worth possibly happening. But otherwise, if it doesn't happen pretty soon and Russell Westbrook has another season that's as bad as it last year, he's untradeable and the Thunder are stuck with him. Do you feel like the Thunder, in terms of what they got back for Paul George so far, they got about as good of a deal as they possibly could have gotten in your mind with those five picks, et cetera? I, I think that's a good way to say it, Jake. I'm not sure I buy this if they got a great package and you know, a huge haul. And I think a lot of those times that turns out to be a whole lot of nothing. Um, a lot of these, you know, it's really hard to make the league and these draft picks that we are all very excited about by the time it comes around. You know, it's just, you know, the Jazz traded a really high pick to get George Hill for one year, and that's kind of defy. You know, you're not supposed to do that. And so it's Torian Prince. Torian Prince is nice, but mm-hmm. like it wasn't. I don't think the Jazz would have drafted Torian Prince. But like, who cares, right? Like that's a replaceable piece. Yeah. So I kind of feel like the Hall is a bunch of really replaceable pieces unless something weird happens. Um, and you know, that's fine. I mean, that's what they had to do. I, Shea Gilgis Alexander, I do like. I think he could be really good. Um, and I do think the Clippers, you know, Danilo Gallinari was great last year. So that's a big loss for them. It's not a big enough loss that it negates uh, picking up Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. But in regards to the Clippers being way better than everyone else in the Western Conference, I could make a pretty strong argument that Danilo Gallinari's offensive season last year was equal to that of Paul George's offensive season last year. And so, I mean, defensively, Paul George is better, but it's still it's not as though they added two star players to nothing. They added Kawhi Leonard. That's a huge deal. But they added Kawhi Leonard, kind of the eighth-best team in the Western Conference. Um, not as though they added Paul George and uh, Kawhi Leonard to the eighth-best team in the Western Conference. Because giving away Gallinari is a lot. Um, and Gallo, you know, Oklahoma City might be a little better than we're giving them credit for, just because Gallo's really good if, he, if he's healthy and he's engaged. Uh, whether he stays engaged with Russ around will be interesting to see. Uh, David Locke joined us, Utah Jazz play-by-play radio voice. Uh, David, obviously the Lakers were hoping to land Kawhi. Um, do they have enough to make this a good run with LeBron, Kuzma, and uh, obviously Anthony Davis and the other cast of guys they've brought in? Well, it was really nice of them to help us all out by signing DeMarcus Cousins and Rajon Rondo today, <laughs> right? so I appreciated that by the yeah. Lakers. That reportedly happened today. and mm-hmm. um, I sincerely appreciate the Lakers doing that to become less good. Um <laughs> I would probably just off my instinct take the Lakers from about third in the West to fifth in the West with those two moves. So I think that's good for the Jazz. Um, and they just added an awful lot of drama in that locker room. Now it's veteran drama and it's guys that maybe, you know, DeMarcus has been humbled by everything he's been through, but he's still playing on a one-year contract and Rajon Rondo is still Rajon Rondo. So 
I don't think they're better because of those two moves in any way. I kind of joked that I, our best hope was that Rondo went to the Lakers and Cousins went to the Clippers. Uh, you know, Zubac's a better player than DeMarcus Cousins at this point. You mentioned earlier in this interview, David, the Rudy Gobert with having, I guess, a lack of size around him. Guys like Jeff Green reportedly signing with the Jazz here. In your mind, have the Jazz become a, a free agent destination with some of the moves that they've been rumored to make? I, mean, I think for the first time ever, the Jazz got players who took less money and came to Utah. So is that a free agent destination? I, I don't really know what that means. I don't think that it actually exists, frankly. Like that was people tried that with Milwaukee when they signed Greg Monroe. That mm-hmm. um, oh, and they're free, you know actually the market dried up and there weren't a lot of other options. You know, Moutier came here be, in a sense because he's a free they are free agent destination because. The Jazz developmental system was so good that they wanted to be have him be a part of that. So in that sense, I guess you can give them credit for being a free agent destination. Um, Ed Davis certainly came because you know he knows the guys involved and thought it was the right situation to be involved in, and knows Mike Conley. Excuse me, that was Jeff Green. Um, but Ed Davis took two. You know, that's, he had it on the table. I think he probably had that same deal other places. And then Jeff Green, I think, took less. I think I'm not certain. Um, that he could have got other places because of his attachment to Mike Conley. Mike Conley, who we can now say is a member of the Utah Jazz, mm-hmm. changed everything. That that move by the front office of Dennis Lindsay and Justin Zanuck to make that move prior to free agency and prior to the draft changed the landscape. Had they, had they had to wait it out and see if they could take a flyer, if they get Tobias or Kemba, that, that could have really turned the other way for them. Uh, so the fact that they made that move early, had the good momentum going into free agency, changed how people perceived Utah as a contender in the Western Conference simultaneously to the Warriors falling apart a little bit. And I think that gave them the window to be able to sign free agents in the manner they have in the past. Uh, last thing from us, David. I, I think Jazz fans are always wondering how Donovan Mitchell can change his game and improve his game and take it to the next level. With the additions and rumored additions that the Jazz will be making, where do you see the biggest change maybe in Donovan's game, or how are these other players going to really improve what he can do on the court? Well, there'll be one thing I'm watching very early on in the season, and that is his rim rate. So he took, uh, I think, the second or third most amount of shots in the floater range, so that's in the paint, non-restricted area, and he wasn't good at it. He's one of the third or fourth worst are the guys who took the, you know, the highest volume shooters in there. He's actually one of the least good at it. Well, okay, so that's got to improve. That's part one, and that's part, something we've seen, seen videos of him and Mike Conley working on, and I, Mike Conley's one of the best in the world at it, both-handed. So he can teach Donovan a little bit if, if, in fact, Donovan has that touch to do that, which I think he does. But the other thing is that a lot of the reasons why Donovan had to take those shots is because you just didn't guard Ricky Rubio, Jake Crowder, or Derek Favors, or Rudy Gobert. And so there were two or three guys that he ran into, and so his only choice is to show up, throw up a five- or seven-foot floater. You know, who are you helping off now? And if you don't have someone to help off, can Donovan now sneak by the big like he did to DeMarcus Cousins in that great game in New Orleans his rookie year when, they, when he was able to get to the window and, you know, attack the big in that fashion? He wasn't able to do that last year in the same way. So that would be the area where I'll keep an eye on early season. Well, David, uh, we appreciate your time, and uh, thanks for making a few minutes for us here on the Saturday show. No problem. Keep up the great work, guys. Thank you. David Locke, voice of the Utah Jazz. I know. I would assume he's excited to get this season going.